0: Of Young Turks. I got a great guest for you guys now, Justin Spitzer, he's the executive producer and creator of Superstore. That's a sitcom, uh, one uh, that tackles a lot of progressive issues. Justin, welcome to the Young
1: Turks. Thank you, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, no That's problem, nice. I love that you're here. Look, uh, you also uh, did The Office, you were a co-executive producer mm-hmm. there. Uh, you did Committed, Courting Alex Mulaney. Uh, Even before we get to the show, I always love to ask people about how they got into this. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. How'd you get into TV writing, <laughs> producing, et cetera? cuz it's a hell of a job.
1: It is, it's sort of, um, I kind of backed into it. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, uh, I graduated, I kind of like hung around Chicago, New York, trying to figure it out, uh, and finally thought, oh, maybe I'd like to write movies, and maybe I can just write TV until I can figure out movies, cuz that's really easy. Uh, having no idea, that's not <laughs> easy at all. Um, uh, but I came out here and just kept writing specs and specs and specs, and um, slowly working my way up, and get the right person to read the right thing.
0: So that actually works, Everyone, like someone actually does read it at some point, and if you write 85 of them, somebody exactly. actually gives you, you a you shot? keep
1: on knocking your head against the door, eventually someone opens it, if you do it against enough doors, I guess. All right, that's awesome, yeah. that's actually great to hear. Uh, so you broke through at the office, right? Uh, that was my biggest thing, I'd done a few shows before that, but there right. I was there for six and a half years and sort of just uh, rode up, you know, up the ranks and also learned so much about writing from, from Greg Daniels and everybody over there.
0: That's great. So, Superstore, at a minimum, tackles huge societal issues <laughs> and seems to, from a progressive point of view. So, I want to talk about that, but I want to show people a, a sample of what I mean. So, let's take a look at the first clip from Superstore.
1: The reason I'm asking is we don't accept your insurance. What? Right? Oh, but uh, her coworker's having a baby in the next room, and you take their insurance. Well, looks like they're on a different plan. They have Health Shield Bronze. And what you have is different. And by different, you mean? Worse. It's worse. Of course. Corporate takes care of the managers and the rest of us get the scraps. Please not do all of that right now. So you could pay out of pocket, but the room is about two grand a night. Whoa. Or there's a clinic nearby that accepts your insurance. Okay. And uh, the clinic is good, right? It's been there for years. That didn't answer my question. Oh, God.
2: Can I finish complaining about healthcare inequality now? No
0: Okay, so look, it's in its fifth season, so obviously it's successful. Mm-hmm. Uh are you guys getting the sense that's resonating?
1: Yeah, I mean, so far so good. It's sort of, it's had this sort of just slow build, which is, I think, what you really want in a show. I mean, you you get through word of mouth, it sort of slowly builds, and um, it's been exciting. So,
0: look, a, a lot of folks in TV they don't want to tackle these tough issues, especially if they're doing comedy. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and then oh my God, things are getting political. So, like, you look at that, it makes you want to sign up for Medicare for All, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So. Did you guys make an active decision? Yeah, how, how did you think about it in the beginning, and how has it played out since? Well,
1: in the beginning, it, it was not an active decision at all. This was supposed to be just a show about people that work in a big box store, and just as simple as that. Um, and uh, and yes, obviously, it was about blue collar workers, which set it apart from a lot of shows on TV. Uh, and I figured they'd be facing those issues, but it's not like I set, off, I set out or any of us set out to do a super political show. Um, uh, and still, many of our episodes are not. We have. More of our episodes are not specifically political. Um, but this is a show about these people's lives, about real issues they face. And also, comedy comes from conflict. Um, and comedy comes from dealing with uh, hard stuff. Uh, and so, over time, we've discovered that uh, social issues are a big piece of that.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because The Nation wrote a piece called Superstore is the only sitcom that gets progressive politics. But maybe what you're getting
1: is people's real lives. Like- yeah. Like that's actually what happens in a superstore. Yeah, exactly. That these are issues that these people would face either at work in the store or occasionally out of the store. Like this is obviously going to the hospital, but deals with their healthcare from the store. I mean, we think of it as we are telling stories from these people's points of view, and so what are the issues they're dealing with from their points of view? I don't know. You know, we're very. The show comes off very pro union a lot. We're not trying to say unions are great and corporations are terrible. We're saying. From these people's points of view, unions are fighting for you. And the corporation is probably trying to get as much out of you uh, to pay you as little as possible. So, from these point of view, from these characters' points of view, that's what they you know, they care about.
0: Justin, it's really interesting, because in this day and age, when you say something that is obviously true, it becomes controversial. <laughs> so, do corporations want to maximize profit? Of course! course. They they have to. It's their fiduciary responsibility. They're told and mandated by law to maximize profit. And if you want to maximize profit, well, every dollar you pay an employee is a dollar you're not making in profit. Mm -hmm. So isn't that the reality we live in where all of these workers that you know you could name any store you like. This one's called Cloud Nine on the show, Mm -hmm. which is wonderfully ironic. Yes. Right.
1: But they they do squeeze down their employees. Sure, and I think it's you know maximizing profit, and it's also competing with all the other big box stores, and uh, which is I think a little more favorable way to look at it from the corporate point of view. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's easy to uh, you know I'm not a fan of these insane executive salaries that are out there, but I don't know if that's the reason why people are denied health care. It's just it's a cutthroat world, and it's terrible. We always say that. We never try to teach anything where we don't wanna be the didactic show cuz nobody wants to watch that show. Mm -hmm. Uh, If there's any lesson that you take away from the show, it's that things are complicated and things suck. And everything comes (laughs) down to that basically.
0: No, but see, that's a giant service too because everybody else in news, in television, tells you that the world is great. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, the status quo is wonderful. That's why you should go with Joe Biden or Amy Klobuchar. Right,
1: and so Or things are terrible, and they can easily fix it like that. It feels yeah, like that's a another simplification.
0: Problem. Yes, the oversimplification. But the reality is, for most people in America, they don't live in New York or Washington, and things are not great. They're yeah. they're they're what these characters are going through. That's why this show is successful. That's why it's resonating. Here, let me show you another uh, portion of it because you might begin to get a sense of. The politics that gets into it, but politics is life. That this is what's happening in the country. Yeah. So uh, let's talk. Uh, let's show you a clip about immigration here. Let's watch. Oh.
1: This, this go, 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 Wait, No, no, wait, don't. stop, stop! Reverse course, turn around. Okay, up, new plan. Uh, biggest pharmacy, you can hide them. No, no, wait, turn around, turn around, go, back. go back, go back the go, go. other way. Uh, you can lose them house housewares, I think. Just book it. Okay, book it to the end. This one. Go down here, down stop, here. Stop, stop. No, wait, stop. There's like 20. Guys that way. Oh, no, stop! Stop, stop! No, there's another one! There's, there's, no, hold on! Hold on! Do it! Just tell us where to go! Okay, hang on! Just wait! Wait! I, I don't... I don't know! There's, they're everywhere! What? I'm sorry. No! Um, okay, there's a vent up there. We can climb up on the thing oh, and we'll oh, do- Or we create a diversion and guys, take off our tops while guys. you go run. Guys, yes, let's do that. Guys. Okay. Stop, stop, guys! It's okay.
0: <laughs> so that's an ICE raid happening on mm-hmm. Cloud Nine, and that's a Filipino employee who found out recently that he was undocumented. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, when you guys were doing that episode, did you know Republicans were gonna were gonna hate it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, definitely. We uh, we knew we were wading into that, um, and uh, you know we're aware we were where of it and we wanted to be delicate with it. You know, we wanted to approach it truthfully. We actually we spoke to a representative from ICE about how a raid would work in reality. We didn't want to portray these guys as SS guys coming in. These are even the ICE agencies are guys with jobs and, and families and you know we're not trying to make a, an evil uh, sort of amorphous entity. Sometimes the corporation is a little evil and we we use that as our bad guy. Um, but um, we, we felt like it was an important story to tell. It was an interesting story to tell. And, um, you know, Mateo is he's undocumented and he's a character that all our other characters love. And I think what I would like even Republican right wing people to, to, to feel is that you could be against undocumented people being here, you can be for uh, workside enforcement. But if you're friends with the person who is being taken away by ICE, you're going to fight. Against that or you're going you're going to hate that they're coming for them i mean you can have two points of view in mind at the same time you can believe something in general is right in this way to do things, and you can feel love for a friend or a family member or something
0: well yeah. justin that that's real life too. We covered a story about how there was a, a- uh, actually, several different stories. In the middle of the country, a guy who uh, owned a local business was taken away because he, he was undocumented, mm-hmm. and it was he was surrounded by Trump voters going, "No, he was one of the good guys." Yeah. As opposed to the other people who are bad guys, yeah.
1: just because you don't know them, right, right? Exactly, I think that's what it is.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And that this is happening all across the country. There are ICE raids. They do take people away. If it makes you uncomfortable, then you shouldn't support it.
1: But and if you do support it, you should watch that and go, yeah, way to get the undocumented, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, and I, I don't think it's hypocrisy or anything. I think you know we have these. The, the, yeah, I'm always fighting. Uh, uh, looking at things as too easy, as too black and white. And you know you can keep different uh, perspectives in your mind at the same time. And I think that's sort of what we're trying to do here. So uh, you know, we gotta kind of give credit to NBC and Universal here, right? they've been they've been phenomenal. They are so supportive. They very rarely tell us uh, there are things we can't do, and a lot of times they're probably right. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, it's been great. And I think the more sort of support we've gotten from some of our political and social episodes, the more they've realized that's what this show is, that's what the show does well.
0: See, look, guys, this is not just a sitcom. It's it's interesting cuz it's bold and it's allowed to be bold, which is unusual. I mean, I've sat in TV meetings where people say, what will Walmart think of this? Mm-hmm. And Walmart, i gonna like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the fact that NBC is willing to put it on and support it, knowing that they're gonna get controversy, is both a credit to them mm-hmm. and also a sign that they get a sense that's where the country's headed.
1: Yeah, I think people are talking about this and people are responding to the show and, and they've been supportive. So, uh, I think they deserve an enormous amount of credit. And I, and I also think for viewers who haven't watched the show yet, they should know that this is not a show, like I mentioned before, that is going to be self-righteous and trying to teach a lesson. I mean, like we touch on issues, but it's still a fun, funny show. And I think if, if it works for any reason, it's because we prioritize that part of it. Justin, where and when can they see it? Uh, they can see it on Thursday nights at eight o'clock on NBC. All right, excellent. Thanks for coming on, thank Justin. You so really much for appreciate it. Me.
0: Yes, and thank you for doing a bold show.
1: Uh, absolutely, I appreciate it.
0: Love yeah. it. All right, we'll be right back. All right, back on the Young Turks, joining me now is Victor Jones, he's the CEO of Doe, which is a sponsor of ours. He's also a board member of Greenwood Project, which gets young kids into finance. It's really cool, I wanna talk about that in a sec. But Victor, welcome. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so for folks who don't know, what in the world is Doe?
2: All right, so Doe is essentially a mobile app for saving, investing, and trading. If I maybe take you back and tell you a little bit about my background. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, Uh, I spent about 13 years, I was formerly the director of operations and trading over TD Ameritrade. Mm -hmm. And uh, larger brokerages and institutions were essentially targeting uh, people with greater than $250,000 of investable assets. Which, you know, great for you if you've got it, but there's a large percentage of people out there that do not.
0: That is definitely true. And so,
2: (laughs) our group of people we left TD Ameritrade, we left Merrill Lynch, we left Goldman Sachs, we left some of the most innovative uh, startups in Chicago to come together under a common mission, which was to build a mobile application that would help those people who didn't necessarily have those types of assets, and frankly, maybe they weren't nearing retirement, which is what a lot of these larger institutions focus on. You know, we are for, you know, you're 20, 25, 30 years old, and you want to get started in the market, you want to participate. That's exactly what we're building an experience for those people.
0: Well, there's a lot of logic in that if you're, you know, from a business perspective, because yeah. you are seem to be catering to. About 99% of us, right? <laughs> That's right. And, and younger generations that are totally ignored by the market, so you're filling a market need. But I do wanna go back to your history, I'm glad you brought it up. Right. Because the job you had at TD Ameritrade was a pretty badass job. So how'd you get there? That's a tough position to it, get.
2: It definitely, look, it definitely was a comfortable position. And you know we took a lot of risk by leaving the firms that we left to come into this one. I started when I was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, when I started, I was essentially going to school at night. I was working during the day, and somebody gave me a seat. They gave me an opportunity, and I, you know, I promised myself and my family we we're gonna make the most of this particular opportunity, which is, you know we'll talk about Greenwood Project in a second. But one of their mottos is there is no limitation on talent, there's only limitations on opportunity. So if you give people opportunity, regardless of what they look like, regardless of how old they are, you could be surprised by what they're able to give back to the community. No, no, I love that. Where'd you grow up? I grew up originally Battle Creek, Michigan, which is the home of Kellogg cereal. Uh-huh. I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, though.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, and so yeah, I mean, because look, uh, keeping it real, you're from Omaha and you're African American. Not a great uh, situation to get a lot of opportunity.
2: Yeah, and not not only that, if you want to be in financial services like Omaha, with the exception of TD Ameritrade, there's not many firms out there to participate in. I'll do you one more, just since we're talking about diversity. Look. There needs to be more opportunities within financial services for people who have pigmentation that look like me, that and you know I think twenty percent or one out of five people actually that are African American or Hispanic are likely to open up an account. That's versus maybe one out of three for their Asian and Caucasian counterparts, and I think. You can get there, but the faces have to look a little bit different. The business has to look a a little bit different. Your mission has to be a little bit different in order to speak to those communities. And I think we've done a good job so far about building a brand and a product and a service that appeals to everybody, not just individual segments of the population.
0: So how, Uh, like, what is it about Doe that's more open to those folks?
2: Sure. So what we did about. Um, 16 months ago, was essentially start out building a mobile investing app. Most people, uh, they get daunted by the application process. It can take you 15 minutes to two days at some of these large institutions, it takes you less than three minutes to open an account, at Doe. The second thing is, most people are not comfortable with risk, Jenk, They're just not comfortable with it. Look, you work hard for money, the last thing you wanna do is see it go down in value. So we wanna help people learn about the concept of risk. And one of the ways we do it is we give everybody free stock. If you open an account with Doe, we give you a free share of stock. You tell your friend your neighbor, your family member about us, you get a free share of stock. And what that does is you get the opportunity to participate in market upside without necessarily having to put in your own capital to, to experience what risk on the downside feels like. And the second thing is, um, it's just education. We build content. The same, the same thing that you do here every single day we're working to do in Chicago because, you know, 50, 53% of people, if they've never invested before, they don't feel comfortable making their own investment decisions. And that's understandable. The only way you get there, though, is through education and through content. And that's exactly what our firm does. But we don't do it by talking above people. You go mm-hmm. to any of these firms and they treat you like you don't, you, like you're less than because you don't know the lingo in financial services. Well, guess what? People are using their time and their passion and their lives in the pursuit of their lives mission. And because they don't know these things over here doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have the capability. So, we wanna be people's peers and we don't wanna talk at them. I think all of those things kind of represent what our firm is.
0: See, you guys doing content, even though you're a financial institution is also trippy. I wanna talk about that (laughs) in a second too. Sure. But, but, so I just wanna understand the concept. So like if I was one of the first people to use E-Trade to take another example, right? In your, the way you guys are doing it, I would've gotten stock in E-Trade. So whatever money I made investing, I would've made, plus I would've made the money from being in investor in E-Trade,
2: is that, that right? That's right, that's right. So you essentially, we would get, grant you free stock, and then you could put your own money in to invest, and then the free stock that we gave you could appreciate in value. And you could literally, you could get a stock worth $2, or you can get a stock worth 200. It's kind of a random gamification that we do. But yeah, you could you could get any sort of value, it's literally free money, and all you have to do is spend the three minutes to get started. So I can't help
0: but ask, I know there's a lot of co- topics to come back to now. but. So how do you guys make money? Because what, <laughs> yeah. like, you with zero commission. That's right. We that do, doesn't seem like uh, the normal strategy for how to make money in finance.
2: It definitely doesn't. So let me let me talk about that before I get into how we get money, it, how we make money. Let's talk about the industry. This is an industry which had nearly fifty percent margins for years. And I want you to think about this. Think about your experience when it comes to selecting a movie at night, your Netflix experience, or selecting a song, your Spotify experience. Those are those are Fairly intuitive experiences built by really smart technology and really smart engineering. They're pleasant experiences. Now I want you to think about any time you may have participated in the marketplace. It's daunting, it's confusing, and it's, it's nearly impossible to traverse unless you've spent the year to two years to figure out what you're doing. So the point is, how does an industry with 50% margins not use some of that capital to actually innovate and put that into the technology, put that into the experience? I'll tell you how. The top three firms were spending two hundred million dollars in marketing every single year.
1: Mm. So they're
2: literally out there spending the money just to get the message in front of you. And you know we are, have a completely different model. We are spending it in you. We're investing in you. We're giving you free stock to come in. We're not going to spend hundreds of million dollars out there in the marketplace. Which also means our you know we don't have those crazy spends that some of the other firms do. And the last thing is. Um, what what isn't really known, kind of a, a secret about uh, the broker space, seventy to ninety percent of all these firms' revenues, they didn't come from the transaction. So we, as the investing public, we think, oh, that's how they make their money. But the reality is, there are many other ways to monetize that business, and that's exactly how we take advantage and monetize the model. We just don't charge the customer at the at the end, and there's still a room for a healthy business over the long term. So, but you still got to make money somehow. So what is
0: mean? Yeah, let's do the specifics. Yeah, no. So since you're doing zero commission and you don't have minimums, yep. you don't have any of that. Is it like
2: is it a subscription business? So in time what'll happen is you build scale through the difference in the cash that you have that you're making on the back end and the rates that you're paying out. So for instance, you put money in a checking account. They pay you whatever they pay you 0.1% now. Well, they're making much more than that on the back end, so that spread is an opportunity for all financial firms that are managing cash to right. make money. So that's one way. Okay, that's that the makes sense. the biggest way. Okay. The second way is through subscriptions. So in time, we'll build on new services, we'll put them behind a paywall, and that's an opportunity for us in the long term. And there's a couple of other uh, methods um, that are a little bit specific to the industry, but it's called securities lending and margin. Those types of things generate a revenue as well.
0: But if you do a subscription base, to me it's more logical because then you're not incentivized to try to get people to do more trading. That's right. Because more trading might be good for them or it might be bad for them.
2: That's exactly right. So, right. Um, you know, we will work in time. We launched, most people don't know this, we launched with a $1 a month subscription model. Um, but, we quickly found out for most of our users, they were like, look, I'm just trying to get started. I don't wanna even, even though you're gonna give me a year free, I don't even wanna worry about your dollar month. we were like, look, we got it. So within three months, we got rid of the $1 subscription model. Right. We'll put some more advanced subscriptions in a little bit later, but at least you can participate today and you don't pay the subscription. Okay, Greenwood Project. Let's talk about it.
0: Yeah. So. What is it, and how do you get young people
2: involved? All right, so this is what the Greenwood Project is. It was started a few years back by a gentleman named Bavon Joseph and Eloise Joseph in Chicago. They came from the financial service industry, and what they noticed, obviously, was that there wasn't a lot of diversity in financial services, so they left very comfortable positions to do something about it and what the greenwood project does specifically is give minority students who wouldn't have the access to social capital to get a job in financial services it provides them with education as well as connections to financial companies to to get them long-term careers and you know just as to speak about what this group has done 68% of the students that have gone through this program <clears throat> sorry uh, 68% of the students that have gone through this program have received long term um, employment in financial services, 100 of them have received college uh, acceptance and 100% have received uh, college graduation. So it's an amazing program.
0: No, I love it. I love it. It's, if you wanna get involved, by the way, guys, greenwoodproject.org. So this is how you give back. And so, look, I mentioned in the beginning their sponsors. Part, part of the reason that they're sponsors is because we try to find companies that match our ethos, and so whether it's giving back through charity or through projects like this, or the the core business model, which is empowering people, That's right. right, and giving them information. So they do podcasts, they do videos, which is which is different, right? But I like it because you're right, Victor. How the hell are people supposed to know how to do like when you say finance, everybody wigs out, they're like That's ah, right. it's so scary. I don't know how to do it. So they show you piece by piece how to do it, yep. get you warmed up. And since it's low risk with no fees, etc, makes sense. You see with a lot of our sponsors, it's empowering people. And so I love that they're doing that. And so that's doe.com slash tyt, uh, if you care about that portion of it. But I love that you're doing both. So yeah. thank you, Victor. Thank appreciate you very, very much ours. for having me. Really yeah. appreciate it, Jack. Yeah, it was great. All right, guys, uh, we got a wonderful post game coming up, Anna and Emma, uh, you're gonna love it. And uh, we'll see you there.